Welcome to Keeping Up With Data. Keeping Up With Data is the podcast that keeps data enthusiasts up to speed with what is happening in the data world. We bring in the leading minds from the data industry to talk all things career, news, embarrassing stories, failures and successes. So something really important for us here at Precision Sourcing is mental health. It's something we've been focused on a lot over the last year or so. And we're lucky enough to have partnered with the Black Dog Institute. And we're going to be doing a lot of events with them this year. A lot of our events, money will be going towards them. And they're out there aiming to create a mentally healthier world for everyone. So if you wish to support the cause, please donate via the link in the bio on this podcast. And you'll be seeing a lot more information about Black Dog over the next year. Well, welcome once again to Keep It Up With Data. Myself, Joel Robinstein. Today I'm joined by... James Ross. And our good friend, Elmo Pimentel. How are you, Elmo? I'm doing, I'm great, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me today. No worries at all, mate. Well, we're really excited to speak to you. Um, but as always with the Keeping Up With Data podcast, I will not introduce yourself. I will get okay. you to tell everyone a little bit about who you are, in whichever way you want. You can start however you want. Tell everyone a little bit about yourself. All right, great. So um, a little bit of my, my background. Um, I'm Brazilian. And I moved to Australia like six years ago, and uh, living the dream. Yeah. <laughs> and a little bit of my background itself, like I uh, started like in working my career like as a Java developer, like in two thousand and I don't know, ten maybe. Oh, that's <laughs> feels like a long time ago now, <laughs> yeah. right? And I moved my way to start working a little bit with like SAP, SAP mm-hmm. in the past, more focused on like on the. Um, EPM, like Enterprise and Performance Management, like, like uh, SAP, uh, that I house, like what they have, like they call BWB before. Yeah. A little bit of fucking like, finance and planning. And then when I moved to Australia, it was basically the boom on, like, on clouds and everything. Yeah. So I kind of have like to reinvent myself. And yeah. Here we are now, six years later, after coming to Australia. Yeah, like, it's a beautiful journey, has been nice. like a beautiful journey. Well, what we'll definitely get into today, just to hit on a few of those points, the move to Australia is always interesting to people mm-hmm. listening. What that transition was like, I think even more importantly for someone like yourself, transitioning to a new country, but also transitioning your skills, it's like a double whammy, so we'll, yes. we'll talk about that as well, um, and definitely talk about your journey from SAP into data, because a lot of people are doing that at the moment, especially with the migrations with SAP HANA and them going alongside Azure, yeah. and there's me sounding like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, but before we get into that, James, it's been a while since you've been on the podcast. It has. So what have you been up to? I've uh, been very busy in the data market. I feel like it's still been full steam ahead. Data engineers are still what everyone's talking about big focus on data governance as well i think of the back of what's happened last year a lot of the banks a lot of energy companies um but yeah it's mental it's mid-june we're two weeks away from the end of financial year and it does not i don't know where the past six months have gone <laughs> fair <laughs> enough mate all right well it is a strange market at the moment a lot has changed i think we should definitely hit yeah. that a little bit in this podcast as well um but back to you elmo mm-hmm Although we spoke about all the things that we mentioned there before, the one thing I wanted to start with was, if it's okay with you, is where you're working now. So you work for a company called Sonda, right? Yes. Fantastic. So it's a company that's on the up and up, very topical. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people talk about mental health. It's something that we're very big on here at Precision Sourcing, as you probably know, with our partnership with Black Dog. Um, I'd love to hear a bit more and maybe tell everyone what Sonda do, right. why it's cool and what they're doing in the mental health world. Okay, yeah, that was one of the reasons that like, I moved to Sonda. I, I particularly like, um, 
I love the topic itself, like mm-hmm. well-being and mental health and everything. Recently, I have like a friend of mine that like reached out to me with like some suicidal thoughts. And that was like, was shocking. And I really didn't know what to do. Brilliant and that they felt that they could though. Yeah. Fortunately, yeah. I was working with, with Sonder and they helped me. So basically what Sonder does, like we provide like our service for like companies, like um, big companies in, in the market. And what we offer is like, it's uh, completed in a holistic like view mm-hmm. of like in a platform where, or the member, basically they can like reach out in any aspect of like their life that could be like safety that could be like a medical that could Mm -hmm. be like mental um issues and we try to understand what are the issues maybe it's regarding for like related to like they're okay i'm going through some stress you know i'm not performing really well like in the in the job so Mm -hmm. we have an app that you can jump on the app and have 24 7 like support like in in any aspect and it's really cool like um see like how this impacts like the users and like some of the support case that we have like they share like some of like the insights and everything it's really like it's rewarding to see like i can imagine yeah. it would be so Sonder's basically an all-in-one platform so say Woolworths, i think you work with Woolworths. yeah, right? with yeah, Woolworths, so yeah. every Woolworths employee can jump on the app they have access yeah financial help you know mental well-being yeah. all that kind of stuff yeah exactly, all in one exactly. Place. yeah so the, and like it's a 24 7 like great. support so we have like doctors and nurses and psychologists available mm. to, to help and then we can go through and like not just like help them like straight away we have like some safety features for example if they don't feel like safe they can reach we have yeah. like uh, we can deploy someone to respond to to that person but also we can follow up with them and like check and see like they have like a, we have a proper program like to, to navigate the user we have mm-hmm. like a matrix that we call like uh, stay well and like and get well so we want you to like stay well mm. but if you need help we are also there to support so it's, it's pretty that's cool that's brilliant yeah. that must yeah. be like a really yeah. cool thing to go into work to do mm-hmm. every day and see in action right yeah that's the thing like is that was one of the things like i was working as a, as a consultant before mm-hmm. and it's rewarding like I, I really like i'm motivated by challenges so to get some challenges in the field and but to see your work translate into like saving like a, a number that like means like oh today for example they share some like of the the insights that like they help like around like save around like 300 lives like yeah. in one week people that was like having wow. suicide thoughts all right and man that's like it's that's pretty cool yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool yeah that's, yeah. So that's i know when you speak to candidates Jens, i know you've recruited a bit for sonder as well that's one of the things people are looking for right now is meaning in their meaning way. yeah yeah, yeah especially like something like that where you're giving back to the community you're actually helping people when you're getting to yeah, see yeah. how you can help them it's a yeah. big thing yeah so where do you fit in in that sense you know obviously i can imagine there's a lot a lot of data that comes through the platform is it to the point of advanced analytics where you can almost predict certain behaviors from people and that you can kind of keep an eye on them or are you more just filtering the mass amounts of data that you can yeah that's the thing that is like a fine line that mm. there's like a lot going on about like chat tpt advanced ai right and the founders itself they have like this clear picture that like we need to keep as human as possible sure so there's a lot going on and talk like right now like how we can like okay um it's still like having this one-on-one that's like human interaction but also as you mentioned like provide some advanced analytics and like things for example 
recommend articles yeah and that we 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 usually do like we have a lot of like a, a big library of like articles and so depending on like on the interaction that that person has like or the member has with like for example the support center we can provide yeah. then and like recommend some articles and everything there is like a lot of things that we we can do and use that data also to provide like a better um experience for like for the members itself yeah. it's a huge part of like our, our job right imagine. now is it difficult working with health data as well though because i know it's you know you've got to be so careful with how you interact yeah, with yeah. that well, they are a person at the end yeah. of the day, right? So exactly, and nowadays with like a lot of like data integrations and everything, mm. and also like what happened as well. I think it was kind of like a blessing in guy in its guys, like what happened with uh, the Optus, the data breach. Yeah. So everyone is panicking right now. Right. I mean, that was just one of else was Medibank. There was yeah, Medibank as well, and like so many others. Yeah, yeah. So it's it, a really hot topic right yeah. now in the marketing regarding to like okay how to keep the data and like the impact of like in, in the corporation, like the, the, the brand and their, the name as well. So it's pretty bad. So everyone's kind of like panicking right now. And like for us to deal with like medical data, yeah, that's become a little bit like even, yeah, even critical. So. so what have you done? I mean, that's an interesting topic in its own right. As a company and as a data team, what actually have you put in place to secure things a little bit more? So right now, like we are working with like some third parties as well, mm -hmm. like to do like a full review, like on our, we have like a security squad that is constantly like working and to guarantee that we, our data is like secure mm. and safe. So we are working with like some cyber security, like companies as well that they do like frequently like some, um, breach tests or mm -hmm. if like everything is compliant and there's like a lot of going on right now. We have like a specific squad just looking at that, just to guarantee that everything is in place. Are you seeing a lot more roles like that, James? Like obviously, you know, you've got the cybersecurity boom kind of is yeah. happening, has happened. You had the data governance, data privacy mm -hmm. boom, but are you seeing, I mean, I'm sure we've seen it overseas, but in Australia, like pure, I am a data security person. That's all I do. Are you seeing more roles like that come up? There hasn't been a massive influx yet. Mm. Some of them are being disguised in a way of data management. And I think a big part of the hurdle, and I'm being interested to your thoughts as well on those, it comes from the, we know what we need to do. How do we then get everyone across the business yes. on the same page and aware of this is what we have to follow now? Because that seems to be the bigger challenge. And then a lot of these roles under this data management umbrella and even the security and like data privacy, then really fall into change management because it's all about the actual mindset and having to deal with people rather than putting in place a certain metric or a certain program. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I completely agree because like as an example, like most of the data breach, they didn't happen because like a security issue in sure. regarding to like to the technology was always like the human yeah. side of it, you know what I mean? That for some reason, um, I don't know, someone get like uh, access to their credentials or something like that, you know what I mean? So there is like a lot going on right now. We are having like a huge, like, um, we are doing our work right now in regard to the data governance, because if you think about like, even inside of the business, we are, they are like, they are generating data mm. itself, not just the users and the data itself. Like it's, we have like the idea of like, there has been talking a lot about data mesh and all that stuff where you have like the ownership yeah. of that data. So it's not just like the data team. 
It's like, so, it's, uh, it's the whole company that needs to comply. And like, basically the data governance itself, if you have like a framework, that framework maybe can be written by like the data team, but need to be signed like for the right. whole company. You know what I mean, like, it's kind of like everyone needs to boring. Yeah. And there's 200 people-ish at Sunday, right? I think it's 300 now. So imagine, yeah. doing, <laughs> the, imagine doing it at Woolworths or Macquarie yeah. Bank or like yeah. trying to keep everyone tied in the line, right? Because yeah. I think the way I saw it, I am not as in it as James anymore, but data governance was done by the BI team before, yep. right? This was back in the day. Oh yeah, you know, you're a BI team, you just mm -hmm. did data governance. Then data governance got spun out from BI yeah. and they realized it needs to be so space. And now data security and, and data management, oh, you data governance guys just do that. But then that'll probably get spun out again and become a role in its own right. And it's really hard because, I mean, even when we have it here at our company, me and Andriano, we try and tell them <laughs> that we need to do this, we need to do that. All they're saying is, well, that's gonna cost us half a million dollars. You're like, yeah, but it could cost us $10 million if we, if don't, we don't get, do it, we get right. it wrong. Yeah. But they're like, oh, but don't worry, you'll figure it out. And they just leave you to it. And as I'm sure it's similar mm -hmm. with the data team. They're like, oh, look, we don't really want to spend much money on this, but you guys just, you figure it out, right? So. And that's when I mentioned, like, after what happened, like, with the data breach and, like, in Woolies, mm -hmm. oh, sorry, in Optus, Optus yeah. and, like, in Medibank. Medibank and I think that's basically spark, like, yeah. that, like, sense of urgency, not just, like, for the data team, but, like, from the top the bottom so right. it's a push right now not just like because it was always like a push from like from the bottom to the top like it's like data team or like everyone like them I mean from the data platform like trying to hey guys we need to like provide this follow this process this exactly. framework and now it's kind of like the, oh right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah how important yeah i think we've seen like from last year even when like things started happening with westpac it's unfortunate it's happened to these companies that's what the industry's needed though and mm -hmm. for it yeah. to really get the hiccup the one to be like now you see why i've been trying to push this for my past like 10 exactly, years right exactly and like the data breach itself is pretty bad for like for some of the users some of them they have to change their passports yeah and they have to travel for like other states to like to do that yeah, because it's, of so this. it's like it was so annoying but did like did you get caught up in any of them or Probably. <laughs> uh, did you not get any emails or texts or anything like that? No, no, no. But you definitely if it. you Google or go, you're going to find You're all my details over there. I'm 100% sure. But <laughs> yeah, I think that most people can find so, most yeah, things yeah. about people these days anyway. Yeah. I think my driver's license was in the Optus one. Uh, Something was in the Medibank one because AHM is owned by Medibank. Mm -hmm. anyway. And there are like all these companies that are connected as well. So yeah. in the end, we, we never know. And another point as well is like the damage of the for the brand. Yeah. That is like, it's so hard it for is, you to, yeah. Do you know what, I, it's really, I just didn't care. <laughs> I really did it. I was like, oh, no, right. someone's got my driver's license. Was like, what are they going to do with that? Yeah. But that's just me. There's mm -hmm. much more sensitive information yeah, about yeah. medical records and stuff out there, right? Um, so, yeah. I, I also think these things get blown way out of proportion by the media because they love it and they can rip apart a company. But still, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Um, so we went off track there which we always do but back to you so two things i'm really interested in let's start going backwards that's right so you right. started as a java developer why did you start your career as a java developer what made you choose that was the first internship that i could like i'll say you were like <laughs> i just need any job in tech that's it yeah, so yeah. and yes. then my first internship was like first for a big bank in yep. brazil and the project that i stopped like i ended up like going was like um uh, Java, yeah, development of like their insurance and nice. uh, platform and because you did the computer science stuff, yeah, 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 okay, cool, yeah. that makes sense. So I started in, in finance somehow. Nice, yeah, and Works I ended like up like, yeah. So how long were you a Java developer for? 
I did for almost like one year. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then transitioned into SAP? Yeah, and then I had the opportunity to move yeah. to a different like area of the, the company. And SAP on that like a 10 years ago or 12 years ago was like pretty hot. Yeah. So all the jobs well, and everything now, was booming. It's crazy, the yeah. SAP market. Because SAP, if you spend on SAP as a big company, you're spending yeah. hundreds of millions of dollars. You don't just suddenly every night go, oh, we're not going to do yeah, it. Yeah, don't do this anymore. Yeah. It's everywhere, isn't yeah. it? So and the bigger companies, I think, in... I don't know, like, but I feel like in it's way bigger, like in Europe and in even yeah. in Europe, America, America. Huge. Yeah. So what I do know from my colleague Jay is, is I think there's 386 companies in Australia that use it. So that's they know specifically that's how many are using, <laughs> but they're all big. They're all big, yeah, yeah. just big yeah. companies. Yeah, it's really complex, like the implementation yeah, and everything. Complex. Costs a lot of money to upgrade. Costs a lot of money, yeah. All that stuff. You have to upgrade. You have to upgrade. <laughs> yeah, they literally force you to upgrade, don't yeah. they? So, so what part of SAP were you working within then? So at that timing point, I was working with like the, basically business warehouse units. Yeah. And that was like when I moved to the data space. Yeah. And then after that, like business warehouse, I did like, um, again, I did finance. I did an uh, MBA in finance. Mm-hmm. So I moved to one or a component called Business Planning Consolidation, the SAP BPC. Oh, BPC, yes. Yeah, yeah. We know the modules because our colleagues always talk about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. We hear BPC. Yeah. yeah, okay. So it's amazing too, yeah. pretty cool, yeah. I okay. love it, work with that. And and then I was working with BPC and then I moved to Australia. Yeah. And that was when I had to do the transition. And also was kind of like, Ready at the same point, it. yeah, because of like all the booming on cloud computing and everything. Exactly yeah. right. So firstly, what made you move to Australia? So I came here to spend like, uh, as a lot of like other people probably relate to that, I came here to spend like six months. Oh, really? And Just after the traveling s- first? Yeah, yeah. And after nice. six months, I fell in love with the place, the lifestyle and everything. I was like, wow. And I decided to stay a little bit longer and nice. I started doing like my master degree. So you went to the student visa route. Is that how you managed yes. to? Yeah, yes. okay. Yes. That makes so, sense. So yeah, I came to just to study English and like travel. Mm-hmm. So the thing was like six months. I still had like my job back in Brazil. I was like, really? I definitely was not in the plant. And then suddenly I was like, wow, I think I should give it a go. Yeah. And when I realized, I was like, okay, if I'm going to stay here, let's do something that like will be beneficial for my career as well. Like sure. when I come back and then I decided to do my master degree. And in the middle of the master, I started like working. I was uh, updating my, my career as well, focus on like whatever the market was like, was hot at that sure. moment. And then I specialized like in like start like going like deep on cloud computing and data lakes and all the modern data stack, all that stuff. And suddenly I yeah, I landed like a my first job and then from that on was basically just kicked you know. on. So what was it about Australia that really like kind of grabbed you? Oh man. So many things like um I always tell my friends like they have no idea how blessed they are to mm. live in this country crazy my australian friends because it's so cool man like honestly like the lifestyle it's amazing like you guys have like this chill vibe of like <laughs> really it is it's not common like like yeah. i don't know in other parts of the world you know what i mean like and weather is great as that well great. and man one thing that's like it's priceless is like the safety yeah, safety. that's what a lot of people say, mm-hmm. you know, come over from Brazil, South Africa, yeah. places like that, that you I just never, can do what like, you want, yeah. whatever you want, right? Yeah, and I never felt like threatened in the streets or no. anything, do you know what I mean? And also the idea that like, there's so much opportunity over here as well. Yeah. 
I mean, like, and I don't know, that's all that stuff was so, it was really new for me. And I was like, wow. No, that makes sense. Yeah. And I was so like, I'm from England and I moved here 13 years ago now. And all these reasons that you're saying very much the same. The safety thing, not too bad in the UK, mm-hmm. obviously, but everything else, just opportunity wise, yeah. you know, it's all here if you want to do it, but it's also quite laid back and I, I love it here as well. I yeah. Never yeah, leave. So uh, it's good that you landed on your feet yeah yeah and he always asked me oh do you see yourself going back i was like i never say never sure but not now like yeah i'm, I'm, I'm happy here yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> no, i still call it home i guess but anyway. <laughs> no you'll always be home like it's you just, know yeah it's how you remember it isn't yeah. it all right so you got into cloud computing what was it that grabbed you about cloud computing what excited you about it um I think like working even like with SAP and I work a little bit like with Oracle, the Hyperion mm. as well, like pretty old stuff. Like, man, to install those things was like, was a was painful. And if you have like to scale, it was like, oh my gosh, pray for God to, because it was, it was ter- terrible. And with cloud computer, it was like so easy to basically start. Like, I remember like my first data project, like to set up the whole environment, like, I don't know. That before, like if you want to like work with SAP or mm. any, any one of the enterprise, for example, even if you want like, to start like a, your own database or anything, it would take so long. It would be so complex yeah. to get everything right. The drivers and everything yeah. is like crazy. And cloud computer just like revolutionized like the thing, the way that like you do the two clicks and you have a database running and you can start like exploring, do you know what I mean? Like, and what I, I always say is like, fail fast fail early yeah okay that allows you to like let me experiment and try and like do so many things so that was like mind-blowing for at least for me yeah and you did a couple of years as a consultant at Serbian as well right yeah yeah I would awesome. be so i'm guessing you got to work on a few different things at the same time and mm-hmm. a few different types of clients and really embed yeah. yourself is that right yeah Serbian was awesome like i learned so much yeah, with those guys imagine, yeah the company was awesome like the culture was awesome and was like a great experience over there. Yeah. yeah, I think you've always said, James, like if you're early in your career in data, going into consulting is a good yeah. place to start, right? It's a great, because yeah, you get to work on multiple projects. Yep. You get to pick up numerous tools. You also generally get thrown into, mm-hmm. we have to do this, this is a timeline. Like you just have to get to it. You have to get things done. About. Um, and it can help you really find what you enjoy doing. Like I've heard from people, they might do a project that's more engineering or a project that's more than ETL or one that's actually a bit more analytics. And something like, oh, I love the analytics, love doing visualization, love telling a story. I'm going to do that. So it's a great way as well to really redefine what interests you, what sparks mm-hmm. you in the data space. And I think the exchange as well, because you're going to have like a lot of like senior people around you. Yeah. So that's, it's really good as well. Have you managed to, a lot of data people in Australia seem to have a mentor, someone that they kind of lean on. Did you, mm-hmm. did you manage to pick up a mentor along the way? Yeah, a few. Oh, like, cool. I yeah. have no, like, I always say that, like, you can learn a lot with experience. Yeah. And yeah, I have, like, uh, like during the, my journey, I have, like, a few people that were, like, had a special yeah, chapter, like, help me. And, it's really yeah. important, isn't it? Oh, so much. Like, you, and don't be afraid to ask, do you know what I mean? I always say, there are, like, so many people that they are, like, wanting to, to help, but yeah. no one ever asks. Yeah, and right, then, that's the thing, yeah. yeah. And it's also like, why would anyone say no? Because yeah. it's an ego stroke as well. You're like, oh, wow, you want me to give you advice, right? But in the rare case that they do say no, you probably don't want them as a mentor anyway, because exactly. you know, it's not the right person. Exactly. It's, on my view, it's like, it's always a win-win situation. Yeah. When you come to and hey, I really appreciate your job and like everything, your career, everything you do. Right. I have been following you for a few time. Like, would you mind to like, just ask for a 
like go for a coffee yeah. or something, you know what I mean? And, and see if there is a connection. Because as you mentioned, I think it's important so to have that oh, connection. Sure, yeah. And it doesn't have to be forever. Yeah, right? yeah, it's for, of course it's not. for a period in time a lot yeah. of the time. You mm. might have a mentor for a year that you needed them for yeah. that year and then you grow and you move on. And exactly. And in both sense, I always, as I say, it's a win-win situation because you're going to learn from them. And I, I'm 100% sure that they will learn something from you as well. Yeah, 100%, definitely. Mm. Books that you might have read or anything like that that's really helped you create doesn't have to be data related either. Okay. Is there anything that you kind of can shout out that other people might be interested in? Oh, I love the Daily Strikes. Daily Strikes? Strikes. Okay. What's yeah. that? Oh, Stoic. Stoic, yeah. Oh, yeah. Agler in our company reads yeah, that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah. sends it to our work chat like all the time, like just the, the first mm -hmm. snapshot of each chapter. Yeah, every single day yeah. you have like a passage that's like came from like, I don't know, thousands and thousands of years ago. And you can see the like, even though as we as human, we didn't change that much on mm. our nature, do you know what I mean? And it's mind blowing to think that like people in 2000 years ago, even more like going through the same problems that we had like you know i mean dealing with like other people yeah, insecurity sure. all the issues that we have and it's pretty cool and like so yeah. did you do it first thing every morning is that when you would read the page or i do before bed oh before yeah, bed yeah, okay yeah. interesting yeah. so most people that we know would do it first in the morning so what makes you do it before bed i just realized that like as soon as like i get a book on my hands i'm falling asleep so oh, why not use that <laughs> really yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah that's a good way of doing yeah. it so oh. i just realized okay let's make the good of this and then like i i try to go to bed pretty early mm -hmm. so as soon as like i can read like a few and that's like has been like kind of like a strategy for me to like read more so i can go like easily through like few pages and yeah good yeah. idea Better than watching the screen all the night and yeah. not sleeping, yeah? So what advice would you be able to give them? So considering you've just done, a, done your journey there, I'm going to look for two pieces of advice if that's okay for all you. Right. Um, so firstly, for someone wanting tra to transition from another area of tech into data, like you've obviously taken some steps along the way. What advice would you be able to give people who are looking to do something similar? All right. So the transition from like SAP, I particularly felt like a little bit like challenging mm. for two reasons. First, as you mentioned, just like big companies implement SAP. And to get to them, like, was kind of like, was challenging because I had my experience, of course, like back home. Language at that point was a, was a, yeah, a, sure. a challenge as well. And it was hard for me to basically get to those opportunities. And I say, okay, um, let's look at like what's hot right now in the market. I start to go into a lot of like meetups, talking to people, get their feedback mm -hmm. and a lot of recruiters. So you guys have like so much information. Mm. And I start seeing like this push on regarding to like to cloud computing and everything. So I went like straight to like learning, like doing some like of the, like basically sign up for every single training that like at that point I did a lot of like Microsoft training and free like certifications mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And one thing that was important for me as well was like to have my portfolio. And I mean, you can spin up like a, or run like a GitHub account, yeah, I mean, create sure. something that you can show your work. Because if you don't have like experience in this case, if you're new to the market, you need to show them yeah. that like, at least you are able to, are capable to do something. Mm. I love that. Yeah. There's two things in there that I've picked out that I know you tell people as well, James, but one, you immerse yourself in 
the area. So you went to meetups, you put yourself out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Even though you said the language might have been a barrier for you, yeah. and you still went and got amongst it, right? Which I think a lot of people are scared to do. Yeah, like it's it's it is it can be quite a confronting environment because you know you feel anxious or you don't know people or you're not really sure, but it's a great way you'll learn off others. Like you said before, you have mentors, like a networking event can be basically a group of mentors because you're mm. learning off them and it can even be for one night. Yeah, so there's a good, good start, right? Also, you said things can be free. You don't have to drop tens of thousands of dollars straight away on like a crazy course. You can do free learning as well. But the most important thing that you said there, which I've tried to tell people, we do a um, quarterly um, presentation to UTS mm-hmm. students who are kind of coming out into into the world of work and one of the things we always tell them is just do something yes doesn't matter what it is get doesn't some free data good. yeah it doesn't matter if it's good mm. just get some free data from the internet ask your friend's dad who owns a cafe to look at their sales data and build some power bi dashboards about anything so that when you finally do manage to get your foot in the door to speak to someone you're like look i actually did that did yeah. that rather than i can do it but I can't show you, right? Because that's the question we get the most is how do I get a job if I haven't got any experience? Well, you just, you've got to do whatever you can, right? Yeah, and not just it, but I do believe that like that motivation that like showing that you're like, oh, you built something mm. or like you are interested or I think that's something that you cannot teach. So if you ask me like, okay, you want to work with someone that like has these like things or like these proactive like spirit yeah. you know what i mean or someone that like know a lot but doesn't have like i mean that thing inside of like yeah i would definitely go because you can you can learn anything then you know i mean let's be honest nowadays like with internet but like the spirit the good spirits of like going and like make like i don't know get your hand dirty or like put your hands up and yeah. to do it self like i think that is like and i think a lot of people are looking at like you know i mean like trying to to find that like yeah, in, exactly in the candidates and everything yeah you need to stand out i knew another guy actually also from brazil randomly um a <laughs> bit further in his career than you but he was wanting to start his own consultancy and he started his own youtube channel started his own blog and you know he's not getting like thousands of views he's getting 50 here 100 here 20 there 200 here right but what he then had was this portfolio of information that people who might be interested in working mm-hmm. with him could just easily get to and go, two minutes, great, he can do that. Okay, this guy, I'm sort of yeah. talk to He's him, the right? guy for the job, yeah. You don't have to be some crazy influencer or do some crazy project to, to exactly, get going. Exactly, exactly. And, and nowadays we have like this shifting data as well that like we have a lot of like things moving more towards like um, bringing like more soft engineer approach instead yeah. of like the data like dbt for example mm-hmm. you can do like a lot with dbt you know what i mean and like publish that like i mean even yeah. work like in open source program uh, open source like models and everything there's like a lot that you can do and so like, you can show ways yeah. doing it right um okay well that's great advice james i'm going to come to you with this question as well because we need to talk about the way the world's changed in terms of the borders starting to open new visas getting released and all that but um, what advice can you give um, Elmo to people who are either wanting to move here or have moved here and are maybe struggling to get going as to I guess ha- what steps did you take to I guess be successful in getting your, those roles and moving to a new country don't be afraid to fail mm. first because we take that tone as like oh my English is not perfect or I'm not good enough I'm not this like just go, mm. try. And I always say that like every single no that you get is like you're closer to the yes. And that happened to me like so many times. I can imagine, yeah. 
You know what I mean? And like every single experience that I have, every single like interview that I, I got, it, I always ask for feedback. Where can I improve? Yeah. Of course, not everyone will like get back to you. Yeah. But like every single response that you get, like you can build like a little bit on top of that. You know what I mean? And maybe yeah. like, oh, you were not like right on some like of your like uh, maybe technical terms or something like that. Or like, oh, we really need that specific thing that you didn't get. It was like, okay, I'm going to get that for the next one. And, and, and that's how it works. And I mean, like, yeah. basically, like, go outside, go out there. There is plenty of opportunity. Like, Australia is an amazing country. There is so much opportunity. And you need, just need to, yeah, go yeah, and get it. That makes sense. And do you know what? So, okay, what I'm getting from that is, first of all, humility. Mm-hmm. So you were six years, seven years into your career, and you didn't go, oh, I know it all, I'm gonna just... Nah, I have right? to start, yeah. Tell me like... what I'm doing wrong, I want yeah. it all, right? So we have a phrase here that we use, feedback makes you bitter or better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can choose which way you take it, right? Exactly. So it's really difficult as well. So you you took the leap, you came here traveling, family or no family at the time? No, on my so own. a little bit easier, right? So we, we admit that, but there's a lot of people who wanna move their family over or they're a bit further on in life and they really wanna to get to Australia but they want it all at once. So what I mean by that, they'll be overseas, they're good manager level somewhere else, and they'll go, I want the job, I want the salary, I want to have the house sorted before I make the move, right? Very difficult to do it that way because you're just one of 100,000 other people wanting to do that, right? You kind of need to take that plunge. I mean, I don't know about you, James, but it was always easier to place someone who went, you know what, even if it's, I'm going to come here for a month, I'm going to go to some meetups. Mm-hmm. I'm going to meet some people. I'll do a couple of interviews. Yeah. Maybe I don't get that job. But, you know, I'm, at least if, if you have a family, maybe that's the only way you can do it. Now, if you're young and single, fine. Yeah, yeah. Just I move think here. Every, every, everyone has a different, sure. like, yeah. But one thing that I definitely happened, I had to do some step back. And for me, that was fine, right? I was, that is like they say that, like, sometimes you need to do go, like, a few steps back to yeah. start, like, going up again. And I knew that like that was part of the process, right? Sure. I was not expecting to come here and like everything like, oh, here's your yeah, job. Yeah, it's on the plate for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. oh, you're home, okay, yeah. here you go. No, but like, I was like looking at people and like, you can always look at someone that like made it mm-hmm. and you say, you can feel bitter or you can feel like, okay, if he made it, I can I can do it, it exactly. as well. Yeah. I mean, and like, hey, can you help me? Like, and can we... Tell me, like, what did you do? How did you get that? Yeah. And I just say, like, usually, why the people, why the person will say no? Exactly. Most of the time, what you got, like, it's good feedback. That I mean, and like, people that like are really wanting to, to help and like mm. get out, do network. That's so important. When I landed my first job, was basically was was the same through network. That I mean, to getting like going out and talk to people and like getting to the point, like, and work, like, that I mean, like. Do your part as well. Yeah, a lot exactly. of people like yeah, get do your that. Part. Yeah, exactly. A yeah. lot of people get the first opportunity, but they don't go after it. I mean, yeah, like, that show them sense. that you're like you're that you, to, like, do your best. That's and someone easy, like, will yeah. buy into that, right? Yeah. Somewhere along the way. So I know you're not a visa specialist, so <laughs> I won't go too crazy on you here, James. But obviously, a lot of the world are now hearing Australia's opening back up. They're doubling the amount of visas this year as they yeah. did over the last few years. You know, what advice would you give for people wanting to come from overseas at the moment? So I actually have been having a fair few of these conversations lately. First and foremost, 
like do a bit of research mm. it's i think the government publicly displays like what's needed for each visa and you can see what's going to be relevant and i know there's a lot of migration agents you can always ping messages to and sort of have a chat with them um but look at what's realistically going to be a good visa for you and then plan your move like you were talking before like you do need to take a step back you need mm-hmm. to be realistic of okay if i'm going to move my family over i'm just moving myself over what can i drop to what's going to still sustain life what's the step i need to take so that i can then bounce up because a big thing and i see it with a lot of people is they'll come here they take a step or two steps back within 12 or 18 months they're already then back on track yeah, to what they were at exactly. or not above that because suddenly they're coming in stepping in a level where they've already got that experience yeah within six months adding lots of value to the company the company's like oh well, we want to keep you we want to make sure you feel mm-hmm. valued here how do we do that let's keep pushing you forward let's see the rp salary let's get you to the manager title what mm-hmm. you want before so you might have to make that small sacrifice for 18 months that's fine you'll get back to where you're at so you just have to be prepared and just make sure you plan that um the other thing i think is just be brave mm. like it is quite a scary thing i always say to everyone i think i said to you one point yeah. i say to everyone in our office that moves over like i could never move overseas <laughs> hand on heart i didn't have the guts to do it so the fact that you're willing to make that move just be brave and back yourself like you're already doing this career your job somewhere else who's to say you can't do it over here so if you plan get all your ducks in a row look at what visa you can do plan your move over and what step you can do, drop down to nothing's going to stop you you just have yeah. to keep persisting and be resilient you might get 50 no's you only need one yes yes exactly so my understanding is as well it is a little bit easier again to apply for visas overseas whereas the last few years it had been really difficult is that right yeah i think the government has made it a little bit easier um i'm not sure on all the exact fees they've got on at the moment um but try and apply is yeah exactly and like if you're not sure there are if you google that, i know there's lots of companies out there like migration yeah. agents and they can always just flick you pdfs so they've got information yeah. on their websites do you know the other thing that i suggest as well which i haven't said before i don't think is try and make yourself stand out a little bit more right so say mm. there's a company that you want to get into here in australia and you're a data engineer but you're using the kind of stock standard tool set yeah if you manage to get into a conversation with someone over here be like okay well okay you won't hire me from overseas as i currently am but what if I got really good at something in the next 12 months? So I know like, for example, Commonwealth Bank are always looking for ab initio skills. It's very rare here in Australia. So they're willing to hire people from overseas. Mm-hmm. So maybe just spin that little bit of extra skill where you then approach someone and go, hey, I'm really different. Do you want to bring me from mm-hmm. overseas, right? So maybe that's a good opportunity. No, it is, it is. And it's like to network again, like you talk to what's going on, like what is like, what's hot, what is the, yeah. the roadmap right now for the look company. Yeah, yeah, look ahead and like get ready. I remember that like at some point it was like Python was like everywhere, like all the conversations. I remember my first interview, like they asked, oh, do you know Python? I was like, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. No, but <laughs> yes, I know. And like, I'm going to get it done. And then at some point, like when I start working over there like they ne- we never touch python really yeah it was kind of that's like crazy. no no no. that's hot like everyone is using we are going to use as well i don't know when but we are going to use we yeah, need someone sure. that like no 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 this right like okay yeah yeah sure why not <laughs> <laughs> that's so, so but that's part of like what them said about like be brave yeah. right? like, do you know what we've had a lot of instances over the years where candidates have come out of interviews going they asked me these questions about stuff that i don't think they're ever going to use mm-hmm. 
I don't know why they asked me it. And then the manager would be like, oh, I can't hire them because they haven't got this one really specific skill. I'm like, are you using it now? I'm like, no, we don't, you know, but we want it. So, exactly, yeah, exactly. Fair but, enough. Yeah. All right, well, look, we're coming towards the end of time. Um, I've really enjoyed that. That went absolutely super quick. Um, we do ask one question at the end of the podcast that you, you may have heard. Um, Colt, you look like you're ready. Okay. So we love asking, if you were in a zombie apocalypse and you could only have three people with you in a bunker, I don't know, family, what you've got now or anything, they're safe. So you can't have your family. Which three people, fictional or non-fictional, would you have in your zombie apocalypse? Oh my God. Are you a zombie kind of movie watcher? Is that... Yeah, I, see, okay, I, I cool. watch a lot of, like, The Walking Dead. Yeah, oh. Walking Dead. Okay, so you know what's up. Okay, cool. So uh-huh. who would you have with you? Oh, jeez, that's, that's, that's hard. Um, Talk us through your thought process. All right. So I need someone that, like, it's fun because the world is ending, all right? That's I need true. someone that's, like, uplifting. So I don't know. I think I would, I would love to have, like, Chris Tucker, like Chris the, Tucker's a good yeah. shout. Yeah, <laughs> solid. He's full of energy as well, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's good. Good start. Um, David Goggins. David Goggins. Oh, he's yeah. super motivational, right? Yeah, and he can so, run for miles. Exactly. So he can like super useful. Super useful. And the third one probably would be could be fictional, right? Yeah, fictional's good. Um, No, Wonder Woman. <laughs> Wonder Woman is a great shout. You see, you didn't want to say it. Just to mix, just to mix you know, a little bit things, well, right? First of all, well done, because as we've said on this podcast a lot, 98% of people say three men. So great yeah. job. Bit of diversity cool. there. Yeah. Many reasons why you would want Wonder Woman there, I'm sure. She's super strong, super fit. Yeah. You know, great to have around. Let's just put it like that. Um, all right. So on that bombshell, James, anything to add? Just thank you for coming on and sharing your story and being so vulnerable. Yeah, real good story. <laughs> Am I anything to add from you, mate? Um, thank you so much. Really appreciate the time you guys take and thanks for having me. Here. No worries, mate. And do you know what? The, Pleasure. The, the stuff that you said, I think, is really useful. Often what we do with these podcasts is we snip it a lot of little bits up to put out on social. I reckon there'll be plenty from this that are going to really help people. And that's at the end of the day what this is thank about. Thank you. So, and well done. Yeah. That, I think that's like the thing. Like if you can help someone, just do it. It will be good for you. It will be more, like, it will be better. And I think it will make you, like, not just, like, feel better, but uh, in the end, like, it's more important for you than, like, for the person itself that you are helping. And I hope, like, that can inspire someone and, like, help them in, in some way. So thank you so nice. much. No worries, Elmo. Cheers, mate. Thank See you. See you, everyone.